Welcome to Smart Parent Successful Students Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Panos. I run a tutoring company for K through 12 students who need help with reading, math, writing, study skills, ACT, SAT, prep, and more. My tutors work both virtually and in person. We specialize in really getting to know your kids and helping them thrive. I was a teacher and leader in a Georgia school system for 25 years. I saw what worked and what didn't. And there are definitely some gaps that teachers can't touch, which is why our tutors are so important. Teachers can only do so much. I'm here to bridge that gap between parents and teachers to help your kids become successful in school and beyond. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Smart Parents Successful Students Podcast. And I am here with another another um, guest speaker, and it's one of my tutors, Maritza Rendon. Welcome, Maritza, to the show. Hi, thanks. And if uh, it, and Maritza actually is a high school math teacher, and she's out of Pennsylvania now. She used to be in Georgia. We miss you, Maritza. (laughs) (laughs) But Maritza has been doing all this virtual tutoring, too, from Pennsylvania back to Georgia and Pennsylvania to Los Angeles, too, actually. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And it works, doesn't it, Maritza? Virtual tutoring works. Oh, yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. And I want to ask you to just speak up a little bit more to make sure it's picking you up um, when you're speaking. So... I wanted to start off by asking you to tell our audience about yourself and what had you become a teacher. Yeah, so I've always loved math, like growing up. It was it just came natural to me. And um, around me, I saw that a lot of other classmates my age struggled with it. And so it's it became something that I started tutoring in high school and helping out other students. And then it just continued into college and with the volunteering. So I ended up um, getting a bachelor's in math and then ended up getting a master's in math education. Um, So it's definitely become something that I've just always loved and I just continued it into my career. Oh, cool. And how long have you been tutoring? Would you say? Um, I would say about two-ish years, maybe three. Okay. And you do geometry? and algebra geometry both algebras um and no I think that's all we've been focusing on yep right yep and I think uh actually one of your fellow co-workers introduced me to you back at Marietta City High if I recall correctly right yep (laughs) yeah that's awesome I hope she's doing well I don't know if you keep up with her I am. She was actually my mentor teacher um, when I was doing my student teaching in my master's program. Oh, cool. So I know currently you are teaching what grade level? Um, this upcoming school year, I'll be doing algebra two and then uh, intro to statistics class. Oh, that sounds like fun. <laughs> yes. A little different, huh? From geometry. It'll- very different, but it'll be it'll be like a nice little change because the past two years I've been doing algebra one. Oh, okay. So, can you share some of your strengths as a teacher or tutor? Really, uh, maybe a student comes to mind that I've given you, um, and what those have revealed when it's coming has come to helping that child or any kid. 
I think my strength overall is just knowing the content. And um, what I usually like to do with the student is like, whenever like a new problem comes up, I like to see what the student sees first. If it's like a figure or if it's information given, just asking the student what they actually see and then going from there. Cause oftentimes in math, there's just like multiple ways to do a problem. So it's not like, I like to like fixate on my kind of way of doing the problem. I like to see what the student likes to do. So then I can kind of cater to what they see and what they're able, like what their strengths are. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, because everybody's different. They're all different learners. Right. Um, so when tutoring, what are what is a couple of the weaknesses or problems that you've seen kids have, um, whether it's algebra or geometry or just math in general, that you most often see coming up in your content? So there are really two main things that I see often. Um, one is like misconceptions, just like applying the wrong theorem or applying the wrong formula. So I usually just like to see what like, um, I like, we I usually like to pull up the problem and then like point out what information is given and then specifically guiding them towards like the actual um, process behind it um, versus just like saying, oh, here's a problem. It looks like a circle. So I'm just gonna apply this theorem, but not necessarily, it's not necessarily the right theorem. So it's just more dissecting the whole um, problem and seeing what information is given or what information is relevant and going from there. Um, a lot of times students just like to apply the same process, like the same steps or the same idea every single time, but oftentimes it's, just, it's not the same thing. It's slightly different or you gotta make sure that you're just applying the right theorem or the right formula. Mm -hmm. And then what? the second- Yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, then the other second thing that I mostly see is especially like with procedural, once like a problem is set up, um, then some students struggle with the procedure of it. Um, and it's like maybe like missing a step or skipping a step when trying to solve for like X or trying to solve for the missing information. And so that one with that specific weakness, I like to allow the student to practice really. And like, I like watch them working through the problem just to make sure that they're not missing a step. And, um, and oftentimes if they are missing a step, so I like to ask the reasoning why. So then they understand I can't distribute first. I have to do division first or whatever the concept may be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm sure you have them all showing their work, right? <laughs> Oh, definitely. And I like to see the, like it written out. Um, some students like to do things in their head and they think that they're, mm -hmm. they're good at it. But even so, I, I have to write things down, even as being a math teacher for almost eight years. I was like, I have to write it down. I can't do it in my head because I know I will make a mistake. So right. it's definitely something that they need to practice as well. Even though you may think you may feel confident in doing it in your head, you just you have to be able to write it down. Right. Yeah. We had a, a child that we were tutoring and he's very smart, but he just kept doing it in his head. <laughs> and his tutors are telling him, you can't keep doing that. That doesn't work for you. It, you keep, you know, causing yourself to have a mistake somewhere. And all it takes in math is one little simple mistake and you've got the wrong answer. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so he just kept like, oh, I've got this. I've got this. I'm like, mm, no, your tutors are telling you. And I even tutored him a little bit virtually. And I'm like, 
No, you cannot do that. And that's why you're not scoring well on the Georgia milestones because you're trying to do this all in your head. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, I, I wanted to ask too, this is a little additional question I'm throwing in because I know you've done virtual for me for quite a while now, probably a couple of years. Um, does it work and how, why does it work and how do you go about doing it? So parents can actually understand. The, the reason I think, parents are hearing it didn't work is because teachers were told, well, go on home <laughs> during COVID. Um, you may be back or you may not be back. And then they didn't come back. And then, um, then they had 30 kids in front of them. And then some kids were, you know, paying attention and others were not. Let's just put it that way. A special message from Dynamis Learning Academy. Parents, we are all aware that public schools and private institutions use standardized testing to make a lot of decisions in terms of your children's academic success and placements in their schools throughout the year. Mastering test-taking strategies are very important, so important that they need to be taken care of earlier on rather than in middle or high school. These strategies are something that can be taught to children they are not aware of them. Reach out to us at Dynamis Learning Academy as we have done a great job in assisting children with understanding how to take tests and be successful at them. We can be reached at 770-282-9931. Thank you. And then when it's like maybe 30, 40 kids, I know you were probably tutoring for your school virtually back then. Can you um, elaborate a little bit about the whole virtual component in math and why it does work? Um, yeah, so teaching virtually is a lot different than um, tutoring virtually. Um, the biggest difference is teaching is one teacher or two teachers if there's a co-teacher in there versus with like 20, 30 kids. So it's harder to like see and like view everybody's screen at the same time to see what every, every single student is doing in the, at that moment. Versus tutoring virtually, it's only, it's one-to-one. -one. So I sometimes share my screen or I let the student share their screen. Um, we will pull up the problem, either um, they will send it to me beforehand and then I would put it up on my screen or they have it on like doing a virtual program, they will pull it up and then I can see their screen and their problem. And um, there's multiple to tools you can actually use too. So Zoom actually has the annotation tools so you can easily just annotate and both um, the tutor and the student can annotate at the same time. Um, if a student is struggling with the annotation, which often it is an issue, um, just, just it just requires some practice to, you know, work through the annotation. Um, I will just let them walk me through the problem and make sure that, so then we can both see the process on a screen and we can just make sure that we're there, that student is doing it correctly. Um, so um, another thing that I've been doing virtually as well is oftentimes the students will come in with their homework or their um, study guide or whatever the case may be, and then they run out of problems, but there's still time in the session. So they'll ask me for additional practice or I'll see what kind of additional practice that they need at the moment. And then I'll end up pulling stuff on my end that I have. Um, so we can just keep that practice going because a lot of times it is just a little, little bit of practice. 
Mm -hmm. And I know um, some people use those dot cameras. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I have a dot camera. So I've used it sometimes too. The problem with it is um, if a student has like a, um, like a Delta math screen, like a website stuff with their work virtually, the dot cam doesn't necessarily capture that problem mm, um, on okay. my, on my end. Yeah. But it, it, uh, it could be, it could work, especially if the student kind of like gave the, gave me the problem ahead of time, I can print it out and I can put it on my dot camera. Um, that's worked. Um, an iPad is also another tool that you can use. Um, it's easier to write with versus the annotation tool on zoom. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's definitely different things that you can do in order for it to work. And I've done a little bit of, I've done something different for every tutor or every single student, because it just depends on what they have in front of them mm -hmm. and what, and so then I'll like work around it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, and every, again, every kid is different in terms of how they learn. <laughs> right. And I, I mean, luckily we have zoom, we can share screens and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's right. awesome. it just involves being flexible because some students will like, oh, they'll have a paper copy and then they'll just like take a picture and just send it to me via text. Uh, um, some students have it virtually and they have it pulled up. So it's like it. So then they just share their screen. And then there's so there's different like things and you just have to kind of work around with the student. All right. Like there's Google. there's Google. Google can be shared. You can be on there the same right. time they can be on there. <laughs> yep. Right. That's all awesome technology out there. Um, so what is one solution you can share today with parents that may help their child be successful in, in math? What's something that, I mean, you may refer back to the problem you mentioned before, um, when we were talking a little while ago about the problem. So what's a solution? There's a couple of things. It depends on, in high school, there's a lot of different types of math so some things work more for others like for instance like geometry I strongly encourage um graphic organizers because a lot of it's visual and just like saying what's the difference between this circle picture than that circle picture so I think a lot of like graphic organizers um hmm. like organize the idea um and another thing I was thinking about is just practice really especially with like algebra a lot of mm -hmm. it's just like practice and making sure that you are getting the procedural steps correct and making sure, and then just going back and checking your answer. Um, mm -hmm. It's not necessarily just getting an answer and be like, okay, I'm done. You just go back and substitute the value back in to make sure it works or just doing that simple extra step. Um, Cause a lot of times in algebra, you can always substitute the answer back in to see if it's, it's correct. And mm -hmm. if it's not correct, then there's a mistake that was made. So you right. really can, can submit a test or a quiz that, and you know, it's a hundred if you just took all those values and just substitute in the back end. So it's just mm -hmm. taking that additional like time just to check it. Um, mm -hmm. And just, especially if you're practicing again, practice and then just check it, make sure it works. I love algebra for that reason. <laughs> so you can go plug it back in and check it and see if it works. <laughs> exactly. I know there's a lot of people, um, I don't know. There's always, it seems like uh, people who are good in algebra are not good in geometry. People who are good in geometry are not necessarily good in algebra. Is there a reason for that? Or am I dreaming? <laughs> um, 
I think a lot of people think that they're not good at one and then they're good at another. A lot of thing about geometry is just really setting it up. Once you set it up, you're applying algebra. So I think what tricks yeah. students up about geometry is just like the visual images and like seeing mm. what information is given to you in an image versus seeing what information is given to you and written out. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the difference between geometry. And then, um, so if you can just look at the visual image, see what's given to you and set it up, the rest of it's algebra. Um, as far as algebra, um, students that prefer algebra, it's just procedural. Again, just making sure you practice, making sure you know like the mathematical steps um, and balancing equations. Um, so maybe they're good at setting up the problem, but not necessarily good at the procedural process behind it. And um, that's what algebra is all about. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I just had a bad geometry teacher, but I loved algebra because my uh, drill team sponsor was my algebra teacher. <laughs> oh, well. And she was great. But yeah, I don't know. Gosh, geometry is definitely all over the SAT and ACT too. So it's very important. And a lot of kids haven't had it since they, you know, by the time they take the SAT, ACT, they may have not seen geometry in a couple of years and they tend to kind of forget things, I think. <laughs> right. A lot of logic. It is, it's, it's fun. I didn't like geometry growing up, but in college, I end up falling in love with it. So it's my, That's it's cool. my preference. Yeah. Um, so share a quick story in which you used a strategy while tutoring to help a student and explain how they became successful. It could be, they come back to you and they say, wow, Ms. Rendon, you, you, you taught me that. And I remember seeing it on this test and this is what I did. I did exactly what you told me to do. <laughs> yeah. So um, again, going back to geometry, I've shared a graphic organizer that I had um, with the student and um, just to explain to them the purpose of the graphic organizer and like the differences between each of like the visual images of those geometry figures. Mm -hmm. And so like while we're practicing, um, I kept asking the student to refer to it, like which one is it, which, which one are you applying? And so after a while, they ended up getting really good at it, like towards the end of the session without having to look at the graphic organizer. And so then um, I, made sure that the student since the student was really good at just the algebra piece of, about it it was more the setup that was a struggle mm -hmm. um they had the test the next day so I just asked them I was like just review this graphic or organizer make sure you just know it like the back of your hand and all of that and then they came back and obviously scored really well on their test oh cool that's awesome I know you have a lot of great stories I'm sure Maritza <laughs> yeah I have a lot well, that's cool. How many kids are in your classroom up there in uh, Pennsylvania? Um, it ranges between 20 to 30. 20 to 30. Yeah, that's not bad. And then Marietta City High, was it about the same or? Um, so, yeah, they were more on the closer to 30, but I did teach um, ELL classes, like math classes that were specialty only ELL kids in them. So oh, okay. they, those were a lot smaller classes, yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. So you've done all kinds of uh, teaching and tutoring. <laughs> yes, definitely. Top awesome. gifted, ELL, yeah, regular, it's all over the place. 
So at the time of this interview, I know you haven't begun school yet. Here in Georgia, we have. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I hope you uh, wrap up your lovely summer vacation. And when do you begin school up in the north? Well, I go back for pre-planning the 22nd. So oh, wow. I, I can't believe <laughs> I think we start like a week or week and a half after. So wow, you do guys. Y'all start what before Labor Day then or after? Yeah, before Labor Day, but we also get out um, like mid-June, so. Right, right. You had a later <laughs> vacation. Yep, we were ready cruising. I already had gone to Greece and come back. <laughs> By right. the time you were out. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time, Maritza, and uh, talking to our, our parents and our audience here on uh, Smart Parents Successful Students podcast. And I hope you have a lovely start to your uh, new school year and I know we'll be talking soon yep thank you so much I'm sure I'm going to be getting plenty of math calls (laughs) (laughs) well thank you everybody have a good rest of your day bye for now thank you for listening to smart parents successful students podcast I hope this episode has been insightful and inspirational Wherever you're listening, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to get the next episodes and to join our email list by going to www.dynamuslearningacademy.com backslash podcast backslash. Also, it would warm my heart if you reviewed the podcast on Spotify and shared it with your community. And remember... I believe that every child would benefit from getting extra support outside the classroom, whether they are struggling or are part of an advanced or gifted program, because teachers just can't do it all. Please connect with me about our K-12 tutoring, SAT or ACT prep classes, and writing workshops to help your child excel in school. I can be reached through email at helen at dynamuslearningacademy.com or by phone at 770-282-9931. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.